It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. No guests, no calls, and no real content. And apparently, no Al either today. What is up? 503. We're in between Christmas and New Year's Eve, so you thought there wasn't a warm up show. You know what? Neither did we, but here we are. Why the hell not? It's a Monday morning, a couple of minutes after 5 o'clock, and so I am here in New York City, and down the Jersey Shore we go. Well, not really. He's in another room, like divided by a steel wall. His name is Chris Lopresti, and he joins me this morning. Good morning, Chris. Oh, good morning, Jerry. Yes, I'm here with you. We're separated by a wall, and uh, yes, much to my surprise, at about 4.05, about an hour ago, found out we were doing the show, not just today, but on uh, Wednesday and Thursday as well, so my I look bad. forward to it. should have told you, here we go. Here we go. What are you going to do? So, listen, a really cool football Monday, actually, and I know usually, see, if Al was here, I think the show would start with probably so you haven't seen him since when he worked wednesday morning you were with him tuesday i believe right but he was here wednesday morning correct yes he and i did the warm-up on wednesday so my guess would be that he would start this morning by talking about the horrendous weather prior to christmas and the 70 mile an hour winds and the walk he had to take the dog on he's not here so we don't have to discuss that but one thing he also would discuss would have been the Sunday night football game, and that's not because Aaron Rodgers was good in the snow and not because the Packers blitzed the Titans, but because there was snow at Lambeau Field, and he likes to watch that. Yes, I believe I saw him tweet that he hoped they weren't going to remove the snow from the field before the game. Now, what was interesting to me was I thought, I, clearly I'm wrong, I thought Lambeau installed the heaters underneath the field surface. Perhaps they did. Maybe it was just too much snow and too cold. I don't know. It didn't go away real quick, though. You would think if you've got a heating system underneath that field, the whole point of that is to keep the field clear. Yes, one would think. I would think get your money back. That's a good point. Because there were times, I would say in the, probably the five o'clock hour, something like that, they gave you the live look at Lambeau Field, because I was working Cowboys-Eagles, and I saw at one point they showed you what it looked like uh, in Wisconsin, and it was a complete whiteout. Like, I mean, you couldn't see anything on that field. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting because I thought they, I thought I read that they put something under there. But anyhow, I, what, what surprised me about that game before we get to the Giants and Jets, I was very surprised how poor the Titans looked in bad weather because Tennessee's terrible weather. They look like they won no part of that game last night. And plus the way they're built with Derrick Henry, I mean, you know, ground right, and pound, you would think that would be right up their alley. So, yeah, I agree. I, I expected a much closer game last night. And so it was kind of crappy. Anyway, uh, so the Packers do win. Hey, good for them. Uh, they're 12-3. and three. You've got New Orleans at 11-4 and four with their win on Christmas Day, which, by the way, was, was bizarre that there was a game on Christmas Day. Um, and then you've also got Seattle won yesterday. They clinched their division. And that brings us to the NFC East. We'll get to the Jets in a minute. So a couple of things here, and I know you're a Giant fan. You turn the game on, and I'm not so sure how many of us thought that the Giants would beat the Ravens. I didn't, but I thought they would cover the number, which I think was 10 or 10 and a half, something like that. Same. When you get the back-to-back, so first of all, the Ravens go down and they score. Okay, fine. When you get the back-to-back false starts on third down, 
And then the Ravens score again. And then you get the third down drop by, I don't even know who the kid was. I don't even know. who, who was They the, had some receivers playing yesterday. I'd never even heard was of it. Austin Mack, was that yeah, his him, name? Right. Him, I, I, he was in the Pettis game. Dante catch. Pettis, who they picked up, former second round pick of the Niners, who they picked up uh, in November. Yeah. So you've got those two mistakes on your first two drives, and you're down 14 nothing before you even sit down. And by the way, prior Man. to the two false starts, Daniel Jones almost threw a pick six. That well, way, or definitely an interception that could have gone the other way for fair. a touchdown. So it was a lousy start. Terrible. It was a lousy game. And again, I'm not I didn't expect them to win, but I expected a little bit better than that. And so here we are now. You go into the final week. Washington was a disaster yesterday. <laughs> As we expected with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. We we did, but I did expect on the flip side, the Washington defense to dominate Carolina. I really did. I thought this was going to be a game that Washington would figure out a way to win 10-9, something yeah. like that. They had some moments. Chase Young had a strip sack in the well, game. They had moments, but they and, were down. Well, Carolina, their first touchdown, they recover a muff punt in the end zone. So right. that's six points right there. They lose. Well, that's all right. Good. Fair point. So they lose 20 to whatever it was. It wound up being 20 to 13. Haskins comes out of the game because he was terrible. Did you see his stats at halftime? Yeah, he was as bad he as you'd for 36 yards. Based on the way the week went. The fact that he was even starting the game, I know they didn't really have any other choice. But, man, what what a bizarre week for them. Well, you know, it's interesting. Now, I didn't – clearly I didn't watch this game because I was working another one. But they bring in the kid uh, – what's his Taylor name? Taylor Heineke, yes. So he actually didn't play, at least according to the numbers, he didn't play poorly from the time he got. He did get them in the end zone late. Yeah, he came in and gave him a chance. And he has experience from uh, with Carolina with Ron Rivera. I think he actually started the game for them last year when Cam Newton was out. Boy, you know, this team, what a what a mess. And so you go into the final week, they flex Washington-Philly into Sunday night football. And so the Cowboys and Giants will play 1 o'clock at MetLife Stadium with the winner waiting on the results Sunday night. The question I would have is, how do the Eagles play? Because I would think Jalen Hurts is going to go all out. He wants to play. He yeah, wants to of win. Course. But you're going to have an Eagle team that's out of it. They're 4-10-1, four, four, I four, think it ten is. 4-10-1, yes. What are they playing for? I mean, Doug Peterson might be playing for his job or coaching for his job. Who knows? Well, there's your motivation right there. You got a head coach but who that might feel the mean pressure. The play. No, but the quarterback certainly will be motivated. Yes. He was motivated yesterday. He didn't didn't look so good. No. I mean, he, he put up some big passing numbers, but yeah, the turnovers yeah, he did were a problem. I know I understand. He but did. by the way, how did they over, how did they keep that a fumble? I have no idea. That was I a terrible call. I don't know. Not that, that it would have mattered much. But you know, it's it kind of goes to this whole replay thing. You look at that play on the field, the fact it was called a fumble on the field, okay, fair enough. And then even listening to Kevin Ray and Danny White in my headset for Compass Media Networks, you know, they were kind of like, you know what? Danny White immediately says, you know, I think this is going to be reversed because I'm looking at the replay. Ball doesn't look like it's moving until his knee's down. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree with you. And so I know it's usually you have to have this, you know, crystal clear picture to make sure you change a call. That was about as crystal clear as it gets. Right. If that's not enough to overturn, then then what are we even doing? Why are we wasting our time with it then? And what's interesting to me is we're sitting here talking about it. They on the Cowboys side of it thought it shouldn't have been a fumble. And then you think like, what are they looking at in New York? <laughs> and they and the problem is that most more often than not, when the the head ref comes back with the announcement, they don't give you much of an explanation either. Not usually, no. I mean, there have been some that are very detailed and some, and some yes. are good. But for the most part, you're right. They'll just come back. You know, the the, the yeah. ruling on the field stands as yeah, called. Yeah, great. 
okay, I guess. And it that wasn't also to say that the Eagles were going to win that game. Right. But boy, they were on their way to possibly scoring a touchdown to get within six. And then things get very, very dicey at that point. Right. So you'll see 37-17. Wow, the Cowboys really bl- – not really. I mean, it was a closer game than it sounds, even though – the Cowboys were down 14-3 and you know outscored them 37-3 over the final, whatever it was, three quarters. That game could have been a lot dicier had that call not been made or had they changed it to what I think it should have been, and that would have been no fumble. Agreed. And down by contact. But I don't know. It was That was one of those weird games, and you're sitting there looking at it, and just three weeks ago, the Cowboys are 3-9, and nine, and the Giants were playing good football. And now you – and it really, I, you wrote the season off. And for the Giants, I remember when the Giants got to five and seven, I remember saying to Al, you know, because he I think even him at that point, he said, what is the the point of this? They're five and seven, but they're going nowhere fast. I said, well, I said, they're five and seven. And with the way they're playing, with the way their defense is playing, I don't think eight and eight is out of the question. Boy, I feel like a jackass. Well, I think we all felt that way, right? Because that the five and seven was after the road win in Seattle, and you're thinking, man, they went in there without Daniel Jones. They went in there with Colt McCoy in that defense, and they, you know, shut down the Seattle offense. And you're thinking that's a hell of a win. And you look at the schedule the rest of the way, and you figure, okay, they're trending in the right direction, and you feel good. And then they they forced Jones back in there against Arizona. He clearly wasn't ready to play. And it's just spiraled from there. You know, last week they're banged up on defense, and they're no match for Cleveland. Yesterday, I don't, I don't really have the explanation. I know Baltimore's been hot, and all of a sudden they look like the, you know, their former selves from last year heading into the playoffs. But man, they gave up 249 yards on the ground. They were pretty much lifeless on both sides of the football. The special teams has left a lot to be desired. All of a sudden here, so yeah, I don't know if it's just the the upgrade in competition or the fact that maybe they were playing a little above their heads there in the middle of the season. Maybe, but to your point, Seattle, while maybe not entirely whole, still a really good team. Yes. I know there's no fans there, but it's still a tough one. Ask the Rams. That was a great win. You don't take anything away from it. No, but a bit so of a fluke as it turns out. That I guess you know, but if it was. To me, it would be a fluke if they had lost, you know, two games in a row. They go in, they win it, and then they lose the next two. That was like that was their fifth win in a row, or something like that. Yeah, four, or four, four straight, in a row. Yep, yep. Like they were playing really good football. And I, I know what you're saying about Daniel Jones in Arizona. No question, I agree with that. That's right. But last week, to me, against Cleveland was terribly disappointing. And yesterday, the fact that this wasn't a game, you know, at least a game that was undecided midway through the fourth quarter, I thought was disappointing because, quite frankly. At twenty to th- was it twenty to three? Yeah, seventeen three, and then twenty to three or seventy, whatever it was. The game was over at twenty seven thirteen. You're like, why even watch the rest of this? <laughs> and I had to tell you another thing too. I know that you know being a wide receiver is a great thing, and you make tons of cash. This Mark Andrews on Baltimore, I mean, he's tremendous. He, I mean, I know he's a tight end. He's like he's like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's that's Lamar's guy. He is un. Any time they needed a big pass play, there he was, and he catches. There was the one catch he made. I don't remember. It was before the half or right after the half. I forget. They were going on your TV screen. They were going right to left. He made that catch down the right sideline where he jumped up and just like snared it out of the air, in and around the defender. It's like man, not every team has a guy like that. No. And he's the, he's the safety security blanket for for Lamar Jackson when they do throw the ball. And they have some guys that can stretch the field a little bit here and there. Obviously, we know they're built on the run game, but he is Mister Reliable. And you get the feeling if you put a guy like that, you know, in the Chiefs' offense with Patrick Mahomes, I'm not saying he'd beat Travis Kelsey, but probably would put up numbers similar to to what Kelsey does. By the way, you mentioned the Chiefs. That stupid team. 
So they're awesome. They're 14 and one. They wrap up the one seed in the AFC. So I do this, you know, we have fun with it. We try and do like a five team parlay every week, you know, once in a while, whatever. So yesterday we do it. Me and my son, we like to fool around with the teams. And so we agreed on four, four games. The one game we disagreed on was Colts Steelers. So we did two of them. I took the Colts in one. We took the Steelers in the other. This way we recovered. The Chiefs ruined it. And the Chiefs ruined, God darn it, the Chiefs ruined it. And they never really had a chance to cover in that game, uh, the way it played they out. They were up, well, they they did have the one touchdown lead, didn't they? Didn't they go up by seven at one point? What was it? But wasn't the number, wasn't it seven it and a ten, half? No, the number was ten, I oh, believe. Oh, okay. So then, but, the, but they went up by seven, and you kind of no, felt like. They were down seven nothing. Tied it at 14-7? seven. They went up three with a field goal, and then Atlanta actually took the lead on the uh, Laquan Treadwell touchdown for Matt Ryan, 14 yes. 10. The Falcons, though, were up. Was? Yeah, and then Mahomes hit, uh, what's his name, Demarcus Robinson after. I think there was like a, a penalty just before that play. Whatever it was, I was saying, wow, Mahomes doesn't look himself today. And the he next didn't. play, he comes back with an absolute missile into the end zone for a touchdown, and that was it. 17 14 final. Terrible, 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 terrible. terrible like, terrible. that's the fa- The Falcons on grass outside in the cold. I mean, go figure. And yeah. in a bad year, too. They've been stingy since Raheem Morris took over, and they haven't won a ton I of games, know, but they've been but in there. I know. Their defense every now and then gives you a good performance. Yeah, yesterday it was a strange game. The Chiefs have been a little stale, I feel like, the last couple of weeks, probably because they're on cruise control, you know? Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an odd game, tough one to figure. Um, but Mahomes the last few weeks hasn't, hasn't quite looked himself. He threw well, one interception in the end zone yesterday. Yeah. Right near the and he had zone. a couple of balls that should have, that, that, that definitely could have been picked off. So, you know, but I guess, Hey, you're nitpicking 14 and one, you're the one seed, you get the one by and then they'll be fine. I am. Well, yes, I am nitpicking because they're 14 and one at the yeah. end of the day and they have the one seed. In the uh, AFC. All right, we're going to take our first break. We haven't touched on the Jets yet. We're going to get to this because this was fun yesterday. Of course, if you wanted Trevor Lawrence, not so fun. <laughs> A lot of people out didn't think it was fun. He's going to the Jaguars. You're right, except to watch Cleveland lose, I don't know why. I, I find it fun, <laughs> especially with the way they lost and the way things uh, transpired. So we'll get to the Jets coming up on the other side of this break. At some point this hour, too. We're going to get to the NBA because there's a lot, including Nets and Knicks stuff to get to from this weekend, which I find interesting, and I'm sure Chris will too. And then uh, Giannotti is in. He will join me at 6 right here on The Fan. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, 522, Monday morning, Football Monday here on The Fan. Al is off. He will be back and join me next Monday as we start a new year, which is crazy, 2021. Uh, a couple things before we get to the Jets. So Jody Vale just mentioned on the traffic report, the overturned tractor trailer off the Korean Veterans War. Staten Island. Yeah. Did Not you, what you want. Did you see that? No, because I, I went to uh, Holland Tunnel today. Why? Because it's open. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> an absolute mess. I passed by that about whatever it was, three o'clock, I guess, right around three ish. It looked, I don't know if the guy skidded off the road or got into an accident, but it, the complete side 
of the uh, of the trailer was blown open, and it looked like I don't know it was magazines, news, but it, crap was everywhere. Complete disaster. And then let me ask you this question: So uh, the news is on in the studio, mm-hmm. and they just did a story of a couple of recent hit and runs. Why are we showing it? Hit and runs meaning the cars ran over the people. Yeah. Why are we showing that? I don't know, dude. I, I don't watch... I can't... I don't turn the news on. The only time I ever see it is when I come to work and it just happens to be on one of the TVs. Like, there's one legit... It looks like a scene from The Naked Gun. <laughs> a guy's walking across the street and a car turns and plows right through him. Yeah, I I don't know, man. And then there's another one where a poor woman is slowly walking across the street. There's a car that's waiting for her to go from her backside left. And then the car making the left... I guess thought the car was letting him go. So he turns, clearly doesn't see her, and runs her over. And then just takes off? I, I, I'm i not 100% okay. sure. So I hear based on, run, that's what makes me... Based on what I saw without volume on the TV. Dude, it's I, crazy. I mean, you got that, what you just laid out in Staten Island last week, the, the tanker that caught on fire that Geo had to deal with on the LIE. Oh. I mean, every morning you turn the news on at right around this time when you guys are doing the warm-up show... And there's something crazy that went on in the middle of the night. It's I brutal. couldn't listen. If they changed my hours, they changed my hours. But I couldn't imagine having to commute normal no. times into, into New York City. It's a nightmare. It is just the pits. Yeah. All right. The Jets have been the pits all season long. They're a nightmare too, yeah. But two wins in a row. <laughs> now, yesterday, the, oh, God. I, they look like a good football team again yesterday. They did a lot of good things. Defensively, I thought they made Baker Mayfield's day a living hell. Look at the guys he was playing with, though. Yeah, okay. He still has Kareem Hunt. He still has Nick Chubb. I was he surprised they did Hooper. not. They did not get those guys involved. I mean, between the two of them, they had 15 carries. I did not understand that at all. How about this? So I go to BetMGM yesterday, and I did the the parlay, but I also did this one. I'm looking at player props, which Al has got me into because he seems like he wins with a player prop every week. Mm-hmm. They had Nick Chubb for receiving yards. What do you think the over under was? For receiving yards for Nick Chubb, I would say it had to have been low, probably ten and a half. It was eight and a half. Yeah, he's not. I mean, of the two, Hunt is more the receiving back than Chubb is. I, it's eight yards. I understand. So One catch could get it done, and it almost and you cashed it easily. So it's funny because <laughs> it was eight and a half, and he had no catches until late in the second quarter. We had an eight-yard catch. <laughs> now, he had another couple of catches. He ended he, up with five catches for 38, he so did. you were fine. So I thought that was funny. But I, I know that they were missing a couple of key players. I know Jarvis Landry. I, I get Offensive it. line. They had enough. They should they I guess. had enough. Listen, uh, they're in the game. Baker fumbles three times, including right. at the end. Who has their? You know, he had the fourth and one, and the QB sneak and the fumble, and then you know, you know the whole story there. The Couldn't Jets made the plays. They did. Listen, the defense has certainly been inspired since uh, you know Greg Williams was relieved of his duties. So I guess you could say Frank Bush has done a nice job. Um, you know, you had the trick play with Crowder throwing the touchdown. Awesome. Darnold hit Crowder wide open on a busted coverage. You put that pin that on the Browns defense. I mean, they took advantage of what was there. I, I still wasn't blown blown away by anything that I saw from them yesterday. But they didn't look like, you know. Inept, no. No, I mean, they're up 20-3 to three and, and really could have extended the lead. They didn't, but could have. And listen, there's no question that at some point you're saying uh, they could blow this. Oh, I was 100% thinking that. If not for Baker fumbling that ball on fourth and one, I expected the Browns to go right down the field into the end zone and tie the game, if not go and for two and didn't. try to win it. And I know, they didn't. I know. So I don't know. I, I get they're locked into the two spot. They've won a couple of games here. They've beaten 
You know, they've beaten good teams. It's not like they've gone out and beaten the Jaguars. It would have been worse if the Jags found a way to beat the Bears yesterday. And that game was, it was tight in the first half, and then Chicago just blew their doors off in the well, second half. It was tight at 3 nothing. Yeah. No, no. It was a little longer than not that. Not really. It was. It, but, but it wasn't, though, because they the Jaguars couldn't do anything with the ball. 13-10 at the half, dude. Yeah, I said gosh. in the first half it was yeah. tight, and then yeah. Chicago blew their doors off. I mean, it, that game... <laughs> You had the one uh, DJ Chark touchdown where you thought, oh, maybe. Yeah. And then that was it. I understand. They yes. did nothing from that point forward. And Chicago all of a sudden controls its playoff destiny. They, uh, that's another thing. Alan and I talk about all the time. They're boring. Even when they put up 41 points, like Red Zone kept going to that game. And I'm like, turn it off. <laughs> like, uh, we get it. It's enough with the Bears. It's better, Ugh. though, why, with Trubisky in there than watching Nick Foles. I mean, no, I, it's not. It is because Nick Foles, regular season Nick Foles leaves a lot to be desired. So does Mitchell Trubisky. Normally, yes, but he has played much better the last few weeks. Granted, the opponents have not been great, but he has. It's and that's why they're 8-7 and seven with a chance to get into the playoffs. Foles gold. I agree because they're who do they, good. they have they're winning in, but who that who are they playing in week seventeen? They're playing the Packers and Green Bay still has the one seat up for grabs, so you know. All right, so where's that game? That's in Chicago. All right, so go beat the Packers. Right. Then you might show me something. Sure. It's just wouldn't I, count on it. It's like there's nothing worse than Bears, Jaguars. Texans. The Lions are another team the I've Li- seen enough. <laughs> forget forget Saturday with notwithstanding. I How just bad in general. Was that I mean, well, what did you expect, right? I, I mean, here's they, what I expected. For Tom Brady not to throw for five hundred <laughs> yards in the first dude, half and here's not play what I knew. Half. And I feel oh, it's fine. It's just the coaches, other guys will step up. When I read that the guys who were calling offense and defense, I think it was the defense, had never called plays before here's at any right. level. That's all I needed but to here, hear. Uh, you're right, but here's the problem. Here's the problem with that argument. If you go uh, back, and I listened to a lot of that on Westwood One, which we had on the fan, they weren't trying. Like I, I don't know who the analyst was on Westwood One, but at one point he says, I think the play-by-play guy said, this is like your worst nightmare. They were losing. <laughs> I, they were getting shut out, and they were getting clobbered. I think it was when Detroit... When Tampa pulled Brady at halftime. Which is just hysterical. Halftime. 22 out of 27 for 348 and four touchdowns in two quarters. And it was what? Blaine Gabbard comes in. <laughs> yeah. And Detroit turns the ball over immediately. Gabbard's first throw, touchdown. And the play-by-play goes, boys, a long day for the Lions. <laughs> and whoever the analyst was, he goes, yeah, this is one that you really don't want to be a part of. He goes, it looks like they're not even trying. Yeah. I mean, I guess they, not. the Bucks scored one touchdown from a few yards out. Like, no one even attempted to make a tackle. <laughs> like, if you want to, and think about them, too. They always stink on Thanksgiving. Yep. And then you put them on in this, you know, standalone game the day after Christmas <laughs> to where, all right, here we go. We got three games. Let's get this thing going. And within five minutes, the game's over. Two of them were terrible. I mean, that one was the worst by far. The, right. The middle game is boring. I mean, as hell. Stafford gets hurt early. That poor kid has taken an absolute beating this year. So yep. he's out of the game early. And yeah, I mean, we thought they didn't play for Matt Patricia. Jeez, this was a, this was Not a, horrible. a disaster. Just horrible. <laughs> and so the Bucks make the playoffs for the first time in forever. And then you get to the middle game, which yeah, on paper, okay, 49ers and Cardinals. It was boring. It though. was. And I, and, I, and I did think San Francisco was going to win that game. It was one of those where, okay, you know, they're the underdog, but you know, Arizona's got a chance to get in, but the Cardinals are weird. Yeah, they've been a bit of a paper tiger this year. They have not impressed me for the second half of the season here. Uh, and Kyler Murray, while he's exciting to watch and he does some good things, he still makes some bad turnovers and some bad decisions with the ball. But 
they're also the type of team, I, I agree with you, because I'm on their bandwagon, I'm off their bandwagon. Right. It's like they look awful, then the next week you can't stop Hopkins and Fitzgerald, and they look amazing. And then you say, all right, I'm in on the Cardinals. And then they put up a stinker. It's like, you know, what are they exactly? A team with a young quarterback. And the Niners are a team, you know, we just talk about the Lions. The Niners are a team that just don't, they just don't give up. And all the injuries that they've had, I mean, C.J. Beathard's in there, three touchdown passes. George Kittle, who looked, you know, dead early in the season with his injury, comes back from IR. He has a big game. Like, they don't lay down. They are a tough team to face, and we know that what they can do defensively, obviously. So you had the mess in the early game. You had the boar fest in the second game. <laughs> and so here we go in the third game, and I'm contemplating. Like, I've sat around, not all day, because... With the way the Bucks lions went, I actually went out for a little while at halftime because it was so bad, which is why I heard the guys <laughs> on the radio uh, settle in for the Niners and the Cardinals. And yes, on Amazon Prime, these smart TVs are awesome. Not a big deal. Then the quality was good. And that was just boring. So I was kind of zoning in and out of that game. Then we get to game number three. And I'm thinking, hmm, I, I have not been a Tua fan yet. Me either. I, I just, he doesn't... I'll probably get killed for it, but he don't look the part to me. I, I couldn't agree more. So you got Tua and the Dolphins playing the Raiders in an empty stadium that, eh, Vegas, whatever, and boring. It really was. The first half, boring. Second half, not so great, but boy, the fourth quarter made up for the entire day. Specifically the final five minutes. No doubt. But I think once Fitzpatrick came into the yes. game, yes. everything changes. And then you, so I'm watching the game and I'm watching it with my son and you see what Gruden's doing. And I'm sitting there saying, you know, the minute 50 left, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, they're going to leave time on the clock if they actually do this and they don't score the touchdown. Cause they could have, they could have went up by, by seven. Yep. More possibly, right? Because they were up by, more were they up by? They would have gone up by six they if they kicked the extra point. Right. They would have had to have gone they were for down two. one. Yeah. Right. They would have gone up five, could have gone for two and gone, gone up by seven. And you see the running back stop and slide at the one-yard line. And I'm doing the math. I'm like, I don't love this idea. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, go for the lead. You never know what can happen. They had gotten burned earlier in the year, and he referenced that in the postgame. So I guess he changed the strategy, and obviously this didn't work It's either. overthinking. Yeah. I, I know. I get it. It's overthinking. Just score and take the lead. And so you have one of the most remarkable throws. You got to love Fitz, man. Like, how does his neck not snap on that play? I thought the same thing. And I'm going to admit something to you and to the audience. Uh, you mentioned this game was a bore until the fourth quarter. It put me to sleep. I was exhausted so on Saturday. See the the young kids. No, I woke up the next morning. I looked at the box score and I said, what the? I saw the pictures of Fitzpatrick and I was yeah. like, oh my God. So I, of course, went back and watched all the highlights and, you know, got the after the fact experience. Just tremendous. It was, it really was. I was watching it in real time. I thought it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, it goes to Miami. So if you're the Dolphins and I, I, I know two is their future, I get it. What are you doing going forward? Well, I mean, Brian Flores already told you what they're going to do. They're going to start two in week 17. I I, I understand that. My <laughs> point is you're going to get to the play. How short is the leash? It's going to be short. And and, it, and I, think it's the per, I think it's the perfect guy and the perfect situation for it. Because as we've seen, Ryan Fitzpatrick in large doses becomes a problem eventually, right? So well, I think this is perfect. Doses, he comes in. Meaning more than a season. Uh, not even necessarily always that. It can sometimes be throughout the course of a season. So I didn't necessarily agree with the timing on when they made the move to Tua because Fitz was playing some decent football. They were 3-3. Three and three. Everything was fine. 
Uh, but I think the way he's using him, I know it's people are criticizing it. And, oh, you're going to stunt to his development. And what does the rest of the team think? The bottom line is they're still winning games. They're 10-5. and five, They're going to the playoffs. And if it's a situation where he feels like they need a spark, he is the perfect guy to come in and do it. And he's right. done that throughout his career. So I'll go back to my original point. They get in the playoffs. Now you're going to start a game. Yep. You fall behind because two is not playing well. He's what going if to that's fifth. too late? He's gone. Yeah, I know, I know that. But you can't just give away drives and series in a playoff game. Yeah, the one thing with them, and and maybe this will dry up at some point, and, I, and I've said this about them for weeks now, that I feel like they've been doing it with mirrors. Every time you watch their game and Tua doesn't like jump off the page at you, they get a special teams touchdown, they get a defensive touchdown. Their other two units keep them in these games. So dependent on the opponent, yeah, if they're going up against the Chiefs, obviously, you know, you you you're kind of towing a fine line there if you're gonna get into that kind of situation against a high powered offense. But against any of these other teams in the AFC, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think he believes so much in his defense and his special teams that he could try to get away with doing that. Better be careful. All yeah. right, we're gonna take a quick break. We got a lot of basketball to get to, Nets, Knicks, and some other things as well. And then we've got Greg Giannotti, the G Man, joining us top of the hour right here on the fan. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Alan's off. He will rejoin us next Monday after the holiday week is completed. Chris Lepresti sits in until 6 o'clock. Greg Giannotti then. Um, you've coached a lot of youth sports, correct? Yes, sir. What age group are you coaching now going into 2021? Uh, 11 and 12. In all, your, How long have you done this for? Oh, off and on since 2011. In all your years, that's roughly nine years yeah. going under your 10th year of coaching, how many times have one of your kids come to a game with the wrong number on their jersey? <laughs> Zero. How many times has one of your kids come uh, to a game with one number on the back and another number on the front of their jersey? Zero. Then how the hell is it humanly possible <laughs> that the Knicks give Reggie Bullock a jersey that's got one number on the front? And another number on the back. I have no idea. And no one noticed. I know. It's a terrible job by the equipment <laughs> staff. And how about as the player? Like, as you go to put your jersey on, doesn't your number jump out to you? No one noticed. Good Lord. That's, I mean. I've seen guys come out before with, like, you know, and forget that they, they didn't put their jersey on under, like, their warm-ups or whatever. That's happened before. That has, yes. But That's to actually funny. put the uniform and the jersey on and not realize that it's the wrong number is, I don't know that I've seen that before. Now, I, uh, listen, I was watching football. I did not. Watch the Knicks on Saturday, no. so I didn't see this. Um, that's that's pretty funny though that that happens. It's very on brand for the Knicks. Oh my! And then how about the fact if I would have told you this morning that Giannis goes into the Garden <laughs> and he puts up twenty nine points and thirteen rebounds, right? Bucks went easy. Yeah, and the Knicks wind up, and again because of football, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch the Nets or the Knicks. I watched a lot of uh, much of the highlights as I could this morning, but it was all about football yesterday. Yeah, it's early in the NBA season. You'll be all right with that, right? So I didn't get to watch the game, but the fact that they win that game by twenty, yeah, 
Unbelievable. Good for them. And they were up 16 at the half and actually, so obviously built upon that uh, in the final result. An odd start for the Bucks, right? Because they lose the opener in Boston where Giannis misses the free throw yes, with a chance to tie. badly. So then they beat up on the Warriors who look like they're going to be a mess this year. They won that game by 39 on front front Christmas. And then they go into the garden yesterday and lay an egg. So, I mean, a long way to go, obviously, but not exactly uh, an inspiring start for Milwaukee. And before we talk about the Nets, because you mentioned them, you said the Warriors. Did you see the video of Steph Curry on social media? Yeah, what was it, 105 straight threes? Like, we legit. think that's legit? Yes, I do. And I'll tell you why I think it's legit. Because I try, you can tell, I think, I really do think you can tell when You're the looking video for the is clipped. Look in the background yeah. and watch the players on the court behind them or adjacent to where he's shooting. There is, and I watched it twice because it's a five. I think it's five minutes yeah, and twelve was, seconds. Yeah, I couldn't believe how. I mean, not that that's fast, but for get hundred and five shots off in five minutes and well, make all of them. You've got two guys helping them still. So it's pass, shoot. I only want to say rebound. It's catch the ball out of the hoop, basically. Yeah, pass, shoot. So you can understand how he gets through them all, and it it's you know it's a shot every three seconds, basically. And watching it, I watched it twice. The first time I watched it just because I was fascinated watching how the ball barely hits the net on many shots. That was the only thing that bothered me was that the ball does go out of the shot at like the peak of its arc. I'm not saying that was done on purpose, but... There's eh. no way that that is... Because the second time I watched it, I really had my eyes on the players in the four in the background. Yeah. It does not look like that is manipulated at all. And now we think this was just from already this season, or is this just an old video that got out? That I'm not well, you know, because I don't know what question. their training facility looks like, and it didn't even look like well, you know, their what? home facility. I unless... will tell you this: if I'm going to pull it up again, because they opened up that new arena. Like? At, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Because he's got the new hairstyle yeah. this year, and if I pull this, see here, I'm going to pull it up right now. If I watch this video, the hair. Uh, I don't. I think it's old. It well, it might be. It's still one hundred and five three points. I'm not. I'm not yeah, no, it, it is old. You're right. His hair looks like the old style. Yeah, but still tremendous. Pretty cool though. So he uh, and was it Steve Kerr says he choked. He couldn't make the one hundred and sixth one. Okay. <laughs> pretty Come wild. On. I don't know. I don't know if it's new or not, but it's still pretty neat. And then you have the Nets. So they go out. On opening night, and they just, I mean, just clobber the Warriors. Yeah. And it looked like everything, if you're a Net fan, that you hoped for and envisioned. Like Evan Roberts texted me. I'll pull up his text right after the game. Oh, forget his text. He was tweeting about it. He did the uh, reaction podcast, which we played some of the next morning. Oh, you did? Yeah, because they were off. How about that? He didn't even didn't even have a show to react the next day. I know. Yeah. You know that's what are you going to do? That 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 stuff happens around the holidays. But they looked they looked amazing. And then they go and they win in Boston. And they look. I mean, the second half was crazy. How well they played. And then yesterday, watching the highlights of against Charlotte on the road, they had a couple of chances. You had Durant missed a I want to say a seven or eight foot pull up jumper that would have tied the game late. And then this Biombo guy with a big basket and a big block shot. And it's another box score where if you just look at it and you don't watch the game, the numbers were good for Durant. The numbers were good for Irving. Yeah. And you sit there and say, how the hell did they lose in Charlotte? Well, I, I just assumed they didn't get enough from the other guys. And Spencer Dinwiddie goes out in the third quarter with a knee strain. Which doesn't so, help. So, I mean, yeah, the numbers, you know, shooting percentage and points-wise for the top two guys looked pretty strong. But there wasn't a, anything else that really jumped out at me in the box score other than, you know, DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen pulling down some rebounds. Right, and not scoring at all. Yeah. Not, that they, not that they're looked upon to, but you did get, I don't know what he, how many points he scored, but you did get a few threes from 
Uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Timoth- Timothy Luau Cabarro. Correct. Yes, he was three of three from distance, finished with 11. So there you go. So he did give you something in terms of, you know, another player stepping up and doing TLC, something. TLC, but... Jerry. That's what they call him on the broadcast. You should go with that. TLC? TLC. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's fair. I'm not so sure that everyone calls him that, but okay. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one from basketball, before we take our final break, we'll get Giannotti in here in a couple of minutes. Um, were you keeping up at all? All on the Clippers and Mavericks from yesterday. I saw as I was working yesterday, strictly following the NFL. I did see as I perused Twitter the uh, someone took a screenshot of the TV graphic of how it was the largest halftime lead in NBA history. It was so. seventy-seven <laughs> to twenty-seven. <laughs> I will say that I, I had the uh, I had the Mavs in a parlay yesterday that ended up losing, so I took the four and a half. So I felt pretty good with a fifty-point lead at the half. Yeah, they weren't blowing that. <laughs> I mean, and I know. Listen, uh, no Kawhi Leonard. I don't think he. I don't think he played. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he I didn't. mean, here we go with that already. But by they, the way, they still have plenty of talent. On I the know, team, not but to be down by fifty. Can we again? I know this is part of the NBA now, but it's like it's not even a week into the season, and there these guys are resting already. Unless is Kawhi legit hurt? I don't know. I don't know. They listed him as yeah. out with the mouth. He's actually he has a mouth. Oh, that's he right. Okay, you know what? Bad. I apologize. I did see that he took the elbow, and he was. Bleeding profusely all over the court. So that's my bad. Uh, to quote Jerry, my mistake. I apologize. I right. did see that. Yes. Here's the problem with the NBA for me as a viewer. And you tell me what you think. And the net game, listen, the, the, the Nets and Warriors opening night was fun. They killed them. It was all good. The problem I have watching it is the three-point shot. As amazing as it was watching the Warriors do what they did, and it was because they, to me, made it exciting. The crowd's there going nuts. You got Steph Curry making 35-foot threes. It's pretty wild. (laughs) I'll give you a couple of things. Number one, watching Nets Warriors opening night, I felt like I was watching a Globetrotter game. (laughs) Right, they were the Washington Generals. There's there's nothing to it. Yeah. It's cross midcourt, either make a pass, don't make a pass, hoist a three. Well, that's the Warriors, and they're going to live and die with it. But the Nets do that. We're doing that too. Right, but their difference is they made a lot more of theirs. Yes, but there's (laughs) no... I don't find it intriguing to watch. No. It's it's boring. Right. Well, when it was just the Warriors that were doing it, it was unique. It was different. But now most exactly. teams have adopted that. Right. And you see that in the NFL, too, right? Copycat league. Teams try to do the same thing. And so, it right, loses some of this. its luster. How about this? For, let's throw away the score for a second, because I think this is a lot of NBA games. And I'm only just because I pulled up the Mavericks Clippers box score. If I give you... The over under on three pointers. What do you think it would be? Total, Total for, for both the game. teams. Yeah, for both for both teams. Um, I would say you want me to set the over under. I'm asking like you what you I think, think yes. it would be. Um, I would say forty five. Okay, for both teams, right? Both teams, yeah. Yeah, there were seventy four three pointers <laughs> shot yesterday in this game. Probably a lot by the Clippers in the second half. They've tried to play catch up. Well, the Mavericks shot more. <laughs> wow, the Clippers were four for thirty three from oh, three. See, that's disgusting. Like what? And then Dallas, granted, they put up 124 points. They still won by 50. 14 for 41, which is not awful, but it's it's not a good product. No, it's I agree. It's just not. And that's why it's very hard for me to sit down and watch an NBA game. I, w- I will tune in often, you know, in the fourth quarter late, because a lot of in oh, a lot yeah. of cases, these, these games end up one possession late. Now, obviously, it didn't in that Mavericks-Clippers game. Real quick before we take a break. Over under, well, I forget the over under. I'll just say the over under Nets Hornets was more. 81 3 shots. It's, yeah, it's disgusting. The Nets were 17 for 47. <laughs> Charlotte won the game and they were 10 for 34. 
All right, it's just, I don't know. It's not entertaining. So. I agree. All right, we got to take our final break. Uh, when we come back, one thing on baseball, and then we got Greg Giannotti joining us at 6 right here on The Fan. But first, a Radio.com Sports Minute with the great Amy Lawrence. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Right, now, Jerry, time before we get to the top. Um, final minute or so. Uh, real quick, Chris, did you see the Blake Snell move? I did, yeah. Like, at what point, if you're the Rays, I, I get how they've done business and it's worked. It does work for them, yes. But at some point, doesn't it kind of get blown up in their face? Yeah, I think they don't really have any other choice. It's the way they have to operate, right? They reload with the prospects. In a couple years, those guys Is will be true, studs though? for them. You, they really don't have any money to pay anybody. I guess not. Or this is the way they feel is most valuable to handle their payroll. And I saw they got four prospects back, and I guess one of them is, you know, uh, highly sought after. Top pitching prospect, Luis Patino. But at some point, you got to think it's not going to work. Yep. Charlie Morton gone to the Braves. Uh, yeah, it's re- and they were in the World Series, and you're thinking they're close. Maybe they actually add a piece, yeah. and instead they get rid of their biggest piece. <laughs> really, it's incredible. It Retooling. Really is. Yeah, and so he ends up, how about your Blake Snell? 